0: even since i left there's there's new faces here and uh, but i want you to know that you're family to me uh, i don't uh, i don't like and i don't agree with the kind of separations i see in churches where people don't leave amicably i don't think it's god i don't think it's god to cut you off like you never mattered amen and uh and even if you disagree even if there's some horrible things and you, you there's some horrible things in churches. There's a way to leave right, and there's a way to be honest and be above board about everything. Amen. So I, I've, I just I love you all. I'm I'm I don't see ever being disconnected from this place at any point. Uh, I wanted to acknowledge my wife, Natalie. Everybody wave at Natalie back there. Um. She's got a tremendous teaching gift, and at and, uh, some point I'll be watching the kids back there. I really believe that. <laughs> um, but but I just wanted to give honor where honor is due and, and let everybody know that, that me standing up here, a lot of what I get to share is proved in our relationship, and it's proved because of who she is, and it's possible because of who she is. And uh She has been such a, you know, and I'm not just saying this for brownie points later. (laughs) But, uh, but she is the second Holy Ghost in my life. And I think marriages are supposed to be that way. I I think godly marriages, and this is the thing, okay. Marriages with God are a tremendous thing. They're a powerful thing. And, and they're like a mini body of Christ. And, um. in the sense that one of you has giftings that are unique to you, that God uses you in, that He pulls those abilities and those callings in. And I hear things Natalie doesn't hear. And Natalie has unique giftings and callings, and I need her, and there's things she hears that I don't hear. And I think God designs it that way. Now, I know there's some people that maybe they're called to to be single and stay separate, and God uses them in a unique way. You know, Paul was one of those people. But if you're married, okay, everybody say married. married. If you're married, the second voice of God in your life is your spouse. And you need to be receptive to what they're saying. And so I'm so grateful for Natalie and, and her, her presence in my life and to be able to share everything I'm sharing here. Um, she might as well be sharing it herself. In some way, she could do a better job, I think. So just wanted to, uh, to give that and, and let you all know that her, she's sharing up here as much as I am. Amen. Um, praise your Father. I, uh, you know, God calls those things that be not as though they were, right? So he looks into nothing and he says, there's going to be something come out of that. <laughs> that means he can look into your life and see chaos, disorder, dysfunction, anger, jealousy, strife. And he can call forth who you're supposed to be. As long as you don't justify your mess. Right? Everybody with me? Because that's what repentance is. It's like, see, we live in a culture that all we want to do is affirm everything to everybody. <laughs> like, like, you're never going to make a mistake. And don't ever call me out on anything. And, and what we're living in is a level of ridiculousness. That honestly, it's been here before. It's, it's 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 part of this world, okay? Don't get all upset that the country's doing one thing and, and you're still following God. Just follow God and be secure in it. Amen. <laughs> you can't control what other people are going to do. Amen. <laughs> but as long as you're humble, everybody say humble. humble. Humble means, you know what? Maybe I don't got it all figured out. <laughs> Maybe I don't know everything. Maybe I'm not okay the way I am. Hallelujah. You know everything. <laughs> well, how about you guys? You guys think Craig knows everything. <laughs> but God can call those things of be out as though they were. And so he can look into your life and he can... And I believe a lot of what happened this last week is with some of the words that everybody got, right? Some of the things that God was speaking to you, those words of wisdom and words of knowledge. They're not prophecy in the literal sense that everything that's saying is going to come to pass. But what they are is they're forecalling what's on the inside of you and God is trying to bring it out. Amen. Amen. He's trying to bring out the order and he's trying to bring out the righteousness and he's trying to bring out the love and the peace. You may say, Well, I don't walk in love with very many people. I get offended all the time. Okay. He calls those things that be not as though they were. And he speaks to them. And in the darkness, he said, Let there be Okay. And you look at the miracles that happened in the New Testament without any evidence. Without any evidence, and this is what we as his body are called to do in a lot of things. Without any evidence, the apostles would have to walk up to some lame guy who had been crippled for 30 plus years, begging all of his life and says, I don't have any silver and gold, but what I have, I'm giving you stand up and walk. And, and right then and there, out of nothing, that guy walked. And that's faith. Everybody say faith. And God does that with each and every one of you in your heart. That's it's exactly what He does when you hear the salvation message. Everybody needs to hear the salvation message. Everyone needs to be born again. Everybody say, born again. Born again. Everybody has sin and was born in sin and has to come out of their sin. This is... Anyway, you know, you know the drill. I had, a, I had something I was doing... <laughs> This is a mini salvation message for some people here. Okay, and I want you to hear it. I want you to hear it. You need God's order in your life and you're not okay. You do. And God is giving you a challenge. And the challenge is not to fight. The challenge is to be humble and say, I don't got my stuff together and I need somebody else to help me. I need somebody else to help me. That's what salvation is. I don't care if you were raised in the church from your birth. And I don't care if this is your first day in a service. You need God to get your life together. He's the one that created you. This whole thing did not create itself. You did not step out of a puddle. (laughs) Your atoms did not organize. I mean, you want to believe that you might as well believe in God. Okay, you, that's nuts there's order here okay but there's also choices everybody say choices Nurses. and god isn't a you know you ever have a robot <laughs> as a kid you could tell it do whatever you wanted i did and the relationship only goes so far <laughs> everybody with me my kids had robots and you fast forward there it went and they were just so excited they could make it do what it wanted you know <laughs> my kids aren't robots I gotta, I gotta find ways to motivate them work with them talk to them they're all different I, Josh when he was three I could spank him a dozen times and he'd sit there and smile at me <laughs> and Marshall you give him a sideways glance and he's just I'm so sorry dad <laughs> you, they're different everybody say different and see, we're all different, and God, and God, God's big enough. This is this is what's unique about God. He's big enough to know the future. He's big enough to know what will happen, and he's big enough to let you do it anyway. Amen. And, and people may have these huge fights about uh, uh, free will and God's providence. Why are they mutually exclusive? Why do they why can't they go together? God has given you a free will, and He knows absolutely what will happen and He's big enough to handle all of that He's big enough to handle your free will and your free will and your free will and my free will and He's able to work together and he's able to bring salvation in the middle of situations that you can't control and He works with people, everybody say with people. He doesn't work in spite of them. He doesn't overwhelm them. He doesn't force them. The goodness of God leads to repentance. Amen? You need God. Otherwise, you're just going to keep kicking against the pricks. That's King James, if you don't know. <laughs> you're just going to keep stubbing your toes spiritually. You're going to keep fighting. And you just need to yield. Everybody say yield. <laughs> and... uh there's two ways to learn in this life. That's what one pastor taught me. There's two ways to learn. You can learn by experience or you can learn by somebody else. And and a lot of times it's just quicker to learn by somebody else. Sometimes you need the experience. But but if you can make the leap and trust what he's saying is true here, you save yourself some heartache. Find out that, you know what? <laughs> Drugs and just living free And doing whatever you want. And not caring about anybody. uh, You're going to have a fruitless life. Amen. All right. Moving on. (laughs) Hallelujah. So that being said. uh, There's some things I wanted to talk about. And I have sometimes a hard time talking to them. Because I just do what I do right there. As I jump right in. And I feel the Holy Spirit doing something. And I don't want to. To stop it, but I feel like it fits. I want to give some announcements about what what we're doing personally down in Tulsa, and uh, I can. I, I think that the last two and a half years from us being in Tulsa has probably been one of the most unique times in my life. I absolutely know that God called us to go there. Um, but there's we uh, <laughs> these announcements I'm going to share. It didn't fit last week, but it fits right now. About mid, I would say, the first year, we kind of felt ourselves stubbing our toes spiritually. Does that make sense? We were kind of like, okay, something's not quite fitting. And then the second year, we started getting, we had a conference in Tulsa. And uh, and we had some, some words come through to us that says, God, he sees all of these puzzle pieces that you have. This was a word that was given to us. And it's like you're trying to put them all together and he's about ready to take all the puzzle pieces and just flip the table and put them together like he sees fit. And so these are things we were hearing and we were feeling an unsettledness. And so about, I would say it was about November, Nathan and I had a conversation and we felt like we can no longer call this a church because of the level of travel we feel like God is calling us to do. And we won't. We don't want to be dishonest to the people and try and keep them hanging on. And so I think it was November we announced to everybody that was still part with our church. We said, we're going to reorganize this into a ministry. Everybody say ministry. Ministry. So ministry is a little bit different than a church legally and formally. And so we wanted to be a benefit to the people. But as a church, we couldn't do everything we knew we were supposed to be doing. And then uh, a couple weeks ago, um, Nathan came up to me and he said, I really feel like God is telling me I'm supposed to move back home to Texas. So, uh, in some ways we're still processing that news In other ways I feel really good about it. Um, he's going to be going back to his hometown of Harlingen, which when he talks to me about it is a lot like Marshalltown and rural Iowa. And, uh, in some ways, I feel like what happened in these last two and a half years, and there's, I, I'm trying to pick the right details to share, because I could spend the next half hour sharing about it. So many things changed, and so many things adjusted in our perceptions, and God did change a lot of things and worked through a lot of things. And I truly do believe that it was almost like a God-ordained mistake, <laughs> if I could put it that way. I'm not trying to justify mistakes, but there are things that he built in me and in Nathan and in stepping out and doing some of those things that we learn to work together. I'm a different person. He's a different person because of that. And, uh, so bottom line is there's no falling out. We're still, you know, we're not putting on a show here. We're, we're good. We're just, I feel like God is changing directions and we're moving. And how many of you know, these last two and a half years have been pretty crazy anyway, (laughs) right? It's still getting crazy. So, I really believe that God is, I think God accomplished some things, just not the way I thought he was going to do it. And I've had him lead me like that. And I believe he leads everybody like that. Sometimes he'll lead you with a certain motivation. You think it's going to end like this. And it doesn't always end like you think it will, but it doesn't mean you're not following him. Amen. One of the words that I got when I was there this last couple months was, this, this lady came to me and she says, I see you holding out your hand saying, but I obeyed you but I obeyed you. And and she told me, the Lord wants you to know that you did obey Him. And she didn't know anything about the situation that was coming. And so, we're adjusting. Uh, I know I'm forgetting a thousand things and probably provoking a hundred different questions. Uh, one of them mainly be, what are we doing? <laughs> and uh, I can honestly tell you, I do not know. <laughs> um in some ways, I do. I, I'm Natalie and I are looking forward to a time of refocusing together. Um, I really feel like what the Lord wants to do with me and Natalie is cement a vision that's unique to us. And, and, and the Lord wants to cement a vision that's unique to Nathan and Lori. But I believe that those visions are supposed to work together at a time in the future. Because the primary me- reason I moved to Tulsa was I felt the Lord pushing me out. And I felt that we were supposed to do something together. But I still believe that, and we're still planning on doing meetings in Harlingen, Texas, this this summer. Uh, We're hoping possibly. They're still in in flux, but we're hoping to do meetings here too. So those are things that we're praying about. Um, About the same time where Nathan started talking this way, I got, um, we had an open door in Louisiana to, to share down there. And I don't know if anything will come of it. I don't, I'm i going to risk being wrong in front of everybody. But, but I was able to share there, and I really felt like the Lord moved and opened doors where they were closed. And it may be possible that for a couple months I would help with a church down there and preach on, on a weekly basis in Louisiana. But we will just see and we're praying about it. I don't I feel floating personally, like I don't have to I don't feel assigned to Tulsa, and I don't feel assigned to Louisiana, and I don't feel assigned here, but I know that I'm close to everyone here. And I I feel like there are things that maybe there are in the future that are related to this area. Amen. So is it okay if we do this for a minute? <laughs> I I got the mic so I can't. <laughs> This is kind of like if we were just sitting down at the table, okay? <laughs> I quit preach zone for a second there. Um, but I, I, I'm just saying all this, and I know I'm not coming out very clear in some ways. But if anybody has any questions, if you're bold enough to ask them in front of anybody, if anybody has any questions, just shoot your hand up and ask me something. Natalie, do you have anything that you would like to add to this this announcement, this I know you're hearing things I'm not saying, and I want you to share them if you need to i uh I think it's partly i think God calls you according to your personality and i I have never felt you know you got some people just so loyal to their home and to their hometown, and they're just you know they're never gonna leave, you know and I think uh, but but I've I've never quite felt that way about any one place, and I don't. Natalie hasn't either. We've, so I think it's something that's in our heart, and and it doesn't find its full expression yet. But the words that we believe God's given us as we're supposed to travel, and uh, we have never had any desire to live in Louisiana. Okay, <laughs> and it's not nothing to say for the people there. It, uh, I I love the state actually, but but it's never been on her radar or, our, or my radar. But when we went down there all of a sudden it was on our radar and we felt like God was opening our hearts to be ready. So uh I think I think there are things and, and this goes with my message uh, whenever I get to it, but I feel like there are things that are in your heart that God puts there and He leads you according to the calling that He has. And one of we just don't feel attached anywhere, so we're you know, wherever God has us. That's how we felt, you know. Water yeah, we're wandering. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I got, I know when I preach this message I have here, some of these things will come out because it's, it's attached and I knew it would be, but, but if there is anybody that wants to brave a question right now, I know this feels a little, I'm trying not to feel selfish talking about myself here for 10 minutes, but, but does anybody have anything that they want to ask about what we're doing or, or even be bold, you know, would you make a mistake? Yeah. I think that there will be part of that. I think I think he sees uh, when we started to refocus and God started to once we'd stepped out of our respective ministries, I feel like God did kind of uh, that was the first thing. And we kind of were like, okay, now what do we do? You know, and and so we started doing things like we knew to do. But uh, in these last four months, there has been a refocusing. I feel like he there is a stewardship that God has given him for that area down there. It's a dry, lifeless place in his opinion. There's not a lot of ministry, there's not a lot for young people they're they're not being brought to the Lord. There's no revival and and he could there's tremendous potential there and and I believe there is tremendous potential in this place too, kind of like what he was sharing about when he was here and he was sharing about Bethel and how Bethel started out of a town not we're not putting our stamp of approval on everything but but Bethel started out of a town of sixty thousand people. And 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 God, I, I believe God wants to blow and add himself to, you know, add his spirit to to things that 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 are actually his plan. And so I do think that there's something he's called to do there and I'm called to do here uh, with with great commission. I, we're still working out what exactly that looks like, especially at a distance. Good tree itself is not a church anymore. My understanding is he's still planning on using the name and the ministry and that will follow him. So I don't believe good tree as it is, is going anywhere. It's just moving to Texas with Nathan and I'm not going with it. (laughs) So I maybe need a new name. I, uh, I, I think, I think what we, uh, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. I think our ministry will be different. Um, I, I think it'll take a difference. What's that? Oh, there, that's how we get fights going right there. We're the real tree and they're the good tree. Uh, Second reform, third reform. A thousand years from now they'll be like, How'd this start? you know? <laughs> Thank you, Kylie. Mom's got a question? Yeah? Oh no, you don't got a question. <laughs> Oh, I mean, I'll just say this: I think I think he's an evangelistic gift, real strong. Uh, I think there is a, a pastoral gift that he has in many ways. Uh, I could see how he would be an excellent pastor, um, but he and I have both talked, and I think that it will—it's something that that will happen later on for him personally, and that's what he has said. Um, and you know, one of the things that I had in my message is: you can have a word from God, but you can't make it happen. <laughs> Amen. So he knew he was supposed to, he's had words that he's supposed to be a pastor. But you can't just stake your claim and say, Okay, I think now is the time, you know. Um uh, you that has to be stepped out. And with everything we thought we had and the puzzle pieces we had from how things happened two and a half years ago, we thought it was his time to be a pastor. But we were wrong. And uh he does have a gift, a pastoral gift, but maybe not a pastoral office at this point, so and he'd say the same thing. No, I'm not. I'm not speaking out of turn. I'm not throwing him under the bus or anything. Since he's gone, <laughs> it just didn't fit last week. Yeah. You ever think about coming back here? Uh, yeah, I did, and then I didn't. <laughs> 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 uh, I, I've got nothing against Iowa. I, I actually appreciate it more now than I've been gone. Um, I, the seasons, the cold. It's it's just too easy in Tulsa to be honest. But I don't think that that. I think that there will be seasons of time here, but I don't think there'll be permanent residents here. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Thank you. I, I appreciate that. I know, mom. Mom's all in that camp, aren't you, mom? <laughs> Anybody else? Linda. Oh, in that camp. oh, you're in that camp. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. All right. I, I hope you understand my heart. And I, I feel like in some ways I am still processing. Because I, I the mission was to found a church. and And we were obeying God. And the things that God needed to accomplish did get accomplished. But it wasn't how I thought they were going to happen. And I can see that clearly. I'm going to switch to message mode, okay? And if you have any questions, feel free to ask me or Natalie afterwards. Um, (laughs) In some ways, there are mistakes that you make, and that's part of following God too. But God is bigger than mistakes. Amen. And if you're humble and uh, you're willing to say, you know, when we did some post-mortem, Nathan and I were talking about things and say, well, we made an assumption then. We made an assumption on this. We missed it here. We both know we were supposed to do something together. And you knew you were supposed to pastor. So let's put the pieces together and we'll just start a church. And that's what it's supposed to be. And see, there's some assumptions. Everybody say assumptions. And see, when you're following God, you have to lay your assumptions at the cross. And you have to let Him bring forward what is right in His time. Amen? Um, If you will, go to... um, Let's go to First. Let's see. First Timothy one seven. I I see no reason why we can't be done at one today. <laughs> Just like last week, right? Oh, two. two, okay. You're gonna get stoned here, Craig, if you keep it up. <laughs> First Timothy. I play Do they okay. Two thirty. Okay, so we got till two fifteen. Did I say first Timothy right? First Timothy. First Timothy one, we're gonna start here in eighteen. First Timothy one, verse eighteen. Paul is writing to Timothy. I mean, the relationship that Paul had with Timothy was very unique. He was his son in the faith. There was no one closer to Paul than Timothy that I can see. It was he, told Timoth- he It was said of Timothy, there was no one else. Everybody say, no one. <laughs> there is no one that I have in my life, Paul was saying, that would naturally care for you as though it were me. And so, uh, this, is, this is Paul writing to his son in his own mind. Okay? And he writes these things uh, in, this, in this book here, First Timothy. He says, this charge, everybody say charge. This charge, admonition, this, this instruction. I entrust to you, Timothy, my child, in accordance with the prophecies previous me- previously made about you, that by them you may wage the good warfare, holding faith and a good conscience. By rejecting this, some have made shipwreck of their faith. Okay. And you don't have to turn there but in 2nd Timothy he says something similar. He says fan the flame of the gift of God that's on you. Fan the flame of the gift of God that's on the inside of you by the laying on of my hands. And so in one place he tells him to he says I'm charging you to wage a warfare based on the words that's been spoken to you. And we're not talking about scripture. We're not talking about Bible verses. We're talking about words that had been given to him in particular and the other place it says to fan the flame of the gift of God that's on the inside of you. And and uh, one of the things I've learned about prophecy, you know, and uh, just to show of hands, how many of you that were here got something from God that you believe was a word to your life? Okay. that That's from what I can just, that's about 75% of the people here. Okay. And, and, um, and I know I've had people and the thing is, we always want to look for the words from people we trust. And there's nothing wrong with that. But, do you know, God is equally capable to take somebody that you don't know, that you don't trust, that maybe you don't even respect and have them speak in your life. <laughs> I once had a lady I was stepping outside of a <laughs> building. She was smoking a cigarette. She said she was a Lutheran. And I believe she just started prophesying to me once. She started talking to me and I could hear God's voice in her, in her mouth. And, and the point is, if God can use a donkey to talk to Balaam, you better be open to hearing God's voice in other people. Amen. Okay. Don't, don't get hung up on the wrapping. <laughs> Listen for the truth. Amen. Listen for the truth because you may not like the individual. Okay. But if you can't deny the message, if you can't fight with the message, you need to humble yourself. Amen. So, uh, one of the things that I've learned about words that I have been given, there's a difference between a prophecy that is a foretelling and a prophecy or a word to you individually that is God calling something forth. Okay? And, And early on in my walk, I used to think if I got a word like you're supposed to do this, God's called you to do X. Whatever the case may be, I thought it was going to happen just cause. Amen. I thought that I thought that that's the way it was going to happen. So if God gave me a word, I thought, well, yeah, thus said the Lord. <laughs> but there is a difference between and there's things in Scripture that are unchangeable. Everybody say unchangeable. unchangeable. A good example of that is that if you read Daniel. Prophecy of Daniel, the statue he saw, the four kingdoms and the imagery. And then he saw the stone that was sent from heaven that crushed that fourth kingdom. Okay? There's no denying that is Jesus. And at the end of that dispensation, the Roman Empire was gone. That all fell apart, and God was establishing his kingdom. That is in God's realm, (laughs) that is in God's timing. Those are things that cannot be changed. You know, when they, the disciples asked Jesus, when is the end going to come? When is God's kingdom going to come? When will it be the sign of these things? And he says, it's not for you to know, but here's some markers, right? And there are things that are in God's timing that are true foretelling, foretelling that you can't do nothing about. They're going to be. It will happen. Just chill. <laughs> but there are things that God calls forth out of you that are completely dependent on your relationship with him. And I believe people bury words in the ground that never come up, but they are supposed to. They are words and seeds that God plants just like the salvation message. But if they find good ground, then they grow, they get watered, they bear fruit. And there are words that you have in your life that if you got a word this week, praise God. Okay. That is not a seal that this will happen to you. And you can't control how it will happen either. You have to walk it out. Everybody say, walk it out. Your relationship with God is supposed to increase and he's going to lead you. He's going to learn. He's going to teach you how to walk by faith and not by sight. And maybe not everything will happen like you think it will happen, but he's still leading you. Amen. Amen. So I've got a couple points here. And if you're a note taker, which I'm, I I don't normally, I just like to listen, but if you want to make some notes, I have a, I have three things I wrote down about words, words that are for you, words of wisdom, words of knowledge, prophecy, so to speak, that are for you in particular. Okay. And the first one I just covered is not all words from God are foretelling. Many are a calling forth. Okay. They're calling something that be not as though they were. And it's trying to bring forward what God sees on the inside of you. Potential. Okay. I can remember once, um, you know, some people never do anything with the words God gives them. Okay. Uh, and, And incidentally, as you grow and as you follow God and as you're in a place to practice these things, God will talk to you this way. And God talks to many of you already this way. I know he does. Uh, dad would tell stories and I now I have some of my own stories. There was once I was praying for somebody in Tulsa. And all I did was I I put my hands on him and I started praying. And it was a young lady and I just saw her her hands playing on keys, piano. That's all I saw. And I said, "All I see is you playing the piano. Does that mean anything to you?" And she said, "Well, I wanted to. But I had a, I had somebody tell me my hands were literally too small to be any good at it. And, and I says, I'm not an expert. I don't know anything about that, but I'm telling you what I saw. And if it were me, I would look into it then. (laughs) Okay. To my knowledge, I don't know that she ever has. I don't know, but, but God is trying to call forward a gift and trying to show her this is in your heart. This is something I put there. Let's bring it forward. And God may be trying to bring things forward in you till the day you die. I think he does. I think there are things he's constantly calling forward. He he's called us to be a people of love. Everybody say love. He's called us to be people of joy and peace and and temperance. And and some people wrestle with those things until they die, you know. (laughs) But that that is God calling forward who you're supposed to be. And you have to walk it out. Everybody say, walk it out. Okay, so it's no different. And just because you got a word that spoke to your heart, and I I think it's such a faith builder. Okay, It builds my faith when stuff like that happens. And I have been way more receptive to hear people when they come and tell me things. They come and give me a word. And I've had people I don't even know. I don't even have a chance to respect them. It's probably a good thing I don't. (laughs) But they come up and they'll share things with me. And I'm like, that really ministered to me. That's right. Okay. Now there have been some times. Sometimes we'll get words. They're not God. Okay. <laughs> I'm just going to tell you that those people are there too. So you got to have some discernment as well. Okay. <laughs> anyway, you don't have to go down that road. All right. <clears throat> all words. Okay. Second thing. All right. First thing. If you're taking notes, not all words from God are foretelling like they must happen. But many of them are calling forth, okay? And so uh, an implication of that is if you get a word, you can let that word fall to the ground and be unfruitful, all right? So the things that you received, if they spoke to your heart and they're from God this last week, write them down. Write them down. Pray over them. Continue to pray over them. Seek God about them. I have a little book of things that God has told me, okay? Okay? And keep holding them up before the Lord. Nobody's voice in your life should be equal to God's voice. Everybody, hear me. And and it, no one that gives you a word has the final say on how that happens. And there have some, been some things, you know, just just talking and and dealing with stuff that I've I've had people I respect say things to me, and I've had to say I I can't get down with that. I don't agree. And I'll, I'll put it on the shelf. But right now I've let it sit because that just you can you can get into a lot of confusion when you put when you're listening to everybody else and you don't have a good prayer life. you can get into a lot I'm just going to say that again you can get into a lot of confusion when twenty people got dreams about you and there's a thousand words you've got written down and all of a sudden you've got twenty visions in your head about what you're supposed to be doing. You need to be praying you need to be seeking God. Your heart is going to bear witness when a word is a confirmation or not, okay. If you do not have a solid prayer life, those words that you got this week will never come to pass. Can I say it that way? You must have a solid prayer life. You've got to be knowing God for yourself. Because the idea is not that you'd be led around by words, okay? And some of the words that you've got are going to require you to change. (laughs) Everybody say change. I mean... It's gonna require you to adjust some things. It's gonna require, it's gonna require you to reevaluate. Maybe there's some goals you need to set. Everybody say goals. Maybe there's some things that you like practical stuff. Like I need to set some disciplines in my life. Whether it's whether it's finances, whether it's health, whether it's Bible reading, I gotta set some goals. Okay. <clears throat> so there are ramifications and there are things that you have to change. You play a part in it. Okay, number two, the second thing. All words from God, God will help bring them to pass. All words from God, God will help bring them to pass. He is involved in that process. He is involved in that process. You may have a very specific word that's from God. God is still involved in that process. If he tells you you're supposed to be a missionary in XYZ country, don't just go apply a ticket. That's not what he's telling you to do. You need to pray, you need to seek him, you need to, you need to wait for his leadership. Okay? You can't take the puzzle pieces yourself, and this is one of the lessons we learned. We thought we had all the puzzle pieces, you know. <laughs> you can't take all the puzzle pieces yourself. Put them together and hope this fits. All right? You gotta wait on God. Everybody say, wait on God. Wait on God. Some implications of this second one. He is involved, so are you. Okay? You look at some of the Old Testament types and shadows. When there was a battle, none of them went into battle without a sword, right? They all had swords. But who was who was the victory dependent on? It was God, okay? So when he, they went into battle, they went into battle at his direction and they were successful. But they had swords too. There is a cooperation, okay? There is a cooperation there. And there's things that he needs from you and you need from him and they work together, okay? And the third thing I have written down here is you cannot control. Everybody say control. You cannot control how God's words come to pass. Okay? You cannot control when and how they happen. You can prepare yourself. You can be sensitive to His leading. But but if you believe God has called you to do something, your job is to take the next step that He's giving you. Not necessarily to jump ahead. Amen? So there's a lockstepness that's got to occur. Okay? And I would judge the words that you've received on these criteria. Okay? I'll just say them one more time. Not all words, one, not all words from God are foretelling. Many are calling forth. Okay? Two, all words from God, God will help bring them to pass. And three, you cannot control how God's words come to pass. You can't control that. I'm reminded in the old... I've been in the Old Testament a lot at the beginning of the year, okay? There was one of the kings in the Old Testament. I think it was Ahab. And uh, I think it was... uh, There was the king of Judah and the king of Israel. Back then there was two kings ruling over Israel. One was the king of Israel, one was the king of Judah. And they'd gone up to war together, but there was a prophet that Ahab didn't like. And they says, he never prophesied anything good about me, you know? (laughs) So they called him into the court and say, let us know, should we go to war or not? Let us know. And he says, sure, go to war. It'll all be great. <laughs> and, and they're like, please just tell us what you really think. <laughs> and he says, okay, thus saith the Lord, if you go to war, I saw men on the on the hillside scattered like sheep without a shepherd. And everybody went to their own tent. And if you go to war, you'll die. <laughs> and so... Uh, but Ahab, whom God had appointed to die because he was an evil king, okay, he believed the lying spirit of the other hundreds of prophets that was telling him go to war, go to war. But out of fear, he disguised himself as a local. <laughs> you know, he put on a garment. Didn't he? Didn't wear his king robe. He, you know, so he's out on the battlefield. He doesn't got a lot of gold on him. He doesn't have the crown. He looks like a normal dude in a chariot. <laughs> And the other king, the king of Judah, which was a righteous king before the Lord, he was out there in the royal robes. You know, he was like, it was bling. You know what I mean? It was was like sparkles in the sun and there was gold and silver. And everybody on the battlefield was like, there's the king of Judah. Kill him, you know. But it said the Lord was with him. And so even though all the archers were shooting their arrows at the king of Judah, he lived through that day. But it says of Ahab, who was the king of Israel, even though he had disguised himself, it says an archer shot at random and hit him in the chest. <laughs> and that guy died. And see, that prophet was right. And my point is you cannot control or evade what God has called. You can't control it. Amen? You can't control the outcome, you can't slip by it. All right? So you can't control how God's words come to pass. And if God has given you... Now, some of those things are different than what we're talking about forecalling or foretelling. Okay, <clears throat> but, uh, but I always keep that in mind. You know, In many ways, we have to acknowledge God is in control of our lives. And especially if we're, if we're following Him. Amen? And so those words that you've received, you have to be able to, one, yield... Keep a good prayer life and follow him and take those and surrender them to him, and let him bring those to pass. Don't control them. don't get out in front of him. don't build an Ishmael. Everybody say Ishmael. Ishmael, Ishmael was Abraham's attempt to bring God's promise about god's Abraham's attempt to bring God's promises about and we don't want to do that with our life we want to, we want to have the real deal we want to have the real promise, right? Amen.